So does it feel like summer to you yet? Some of you, maybe? No? Uh, it does for me. Uh, Thursday was little man Luca's last day of preschool at the YMCA here in West Roxbury. And so uh, Friday morning, uh, he and I woke up early together. They're waking up earlier and earlier and earlier. And uh, we were up early together and uh, sitting on the sofa. And it just dawned on me, wow, it's first day of uh, Luca's summer vacation. I said, buddy, it's your first day of summer vacation. And he just got strangely very, very excited. I couldn't quite figure it out. And then I put it all together as he started talking. He thought that meant that Friday morning we were leaving for our uh, long-anticipated Florida vacation. So I had to break the news that, no, you're not going to Florida, but you might be going to the grocery store with mom tonight. Uh, so uh, he was a little bummed out by that. Uh, but um, summer is upon us, and uh, in, in light of that, I, I think it's time for us to go ahead and start our, our summer teaching series. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look uh, in the, the, the Psalms together. It's going to be a, a great time this summer. I know that the, the first official day of summer is a week and a half away, but I, I don't think you'll mind if we go ahead and get right into it. And uh, so we're going to jump into Psalms uh, for the summer. Uh, last summer, our summer te- teaching series was the, the book of Proverbs. And then this summer, we're going to work through the Psalms. And I'm super excited about it. Uh, I know uh, through some conversation with Jeremy that Jeremy, as a worship leader, is super excited about it. Uh, the Psalms are the largest collection of ancient uh, lyrical poetry. And so naturally, the musicians should be excited about it. And uh, the, uh, the artist among us should be excited about it. But I really want all of us just to really get excited because this is going to be a, a really great time uh, together. This is a, a songbook placed right in the middle uh, of the Bible. It's kind of God's playlist for us. As Jeremy said, in all different kinds of circumstances that we find ourselves uh, in life, there's, there's just things that we can really resonate with in there and that really point us uh, to the Lord. And so I find... Uh, for me, and I, I believe you'll find for yourself that in just various seasons of life, there are, 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 are psalms that are in this, this text that are just powerful and you can just resonate with. And so I'm excited for us to uh, explore some of these throughout the course of the, the summer. Uh, in preparation for the series, I opened up my, my iTunes the other day and, and started looking through some of my own personal playlists and uh, found it kind of interesting. You know, we have uh, playlists for different seasons of life, and so I found one playlist that was called the coffee playlist and I was like oh what is this all about and I looked through the songs and I realized that I I forgot that I put this playlist together the coffee playlist for when I go work at a coffee shop or something it's the kind of music that I I don't know the lyrics to and so wordy I'd probably never know the lyrics to or it's instruments because you've always some of you've probably been in the coffee shop or on the tea with you know somebody who has their earphones in they don't realize that they start humming or they start singing and then maybe they catch themselves and that would be me for sure inside a Starbucks, and so my coffee playlist is a playlist of songs that I'll never know the lyrics to, and I will never be uh, guilty of singing out loud uh, in Starbucks. And I also found uh, my Christmas pray- playlist, as you can imagine what that's for, but what we do is our, uh, a few days after Thanksgiving, we put the, the tree up, and usually what happens is that's when I open up my laptop and click play on the Christmas playlist for the first of the season, so that's always a fun one. Uh, I also found my my basketball playlist, and I'm not a basketball player, but uh, the basketball playlist is, is a playlist that I had put together years ago for this annual basketball tournament that I used to lead, and uh, so it was full of uh, just Christian rap music, and uh, it's the kind of music that even if you can't play basketball, it makes you feel like a baller, you know what I mean? And so uh, that was the basketball playlist, and then the best one, I think you'll really appreciate this one, the best uh, playlist that I found was Becky's Labor Mix is what. <laughs> that was a great playlist. It was full of like heavy metal music. Just a, 
Yeah, she was, she was loving that. No, it was more like Nora Jones and whatnot, but I was cracking up. Becky's labor playlist, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so the Psalms are really a, a beautiful collection of, of lyrics that we should have on repeat in, in our lives uh, throughout just all the various seasons uh, that we find ourselves in. It's been said that though the Proverbs are, are horizontal, that the Psalms are, are vertical. In other words, the, the Proverbs kind of address our, our human relationships, so there's certainly much in there about uh, the fear of the Lord and our relationship with, with God. But the Proverbs really address human relationships, and the Psalms really address our divine relationship, our relationship uh, with God. And so the Psalms are uh, a collection of 150 ancient songs uh, that were written by a variety of people of, of the nation of Israel. They date as early as as Moses, who authored Psalm 90, moving into David and Solomon. David authored about 73 are credited to David. And then you even get into the what's known as the post-exilic period or that period when uh, Israel was taken captive by the Babylonians. They come back to Israel. And then Psalm 137 speaks to when we were in Babylon. So we know that it's after the time of Babylon. And so it spans hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of years, this book, and, and various situations and circumstances that the people find themselves in. And so through these songs, we can kind of tune in to, to what some of these authors are experiencing and, and, and just maybe a, an array of responses to the Lord, an array of emotions before the Lord, situations spanning from uh, just, just victory. And so they're, they're singing songs of, of love and victory and trust in the Lord uh, from from amazing times to places of trial when they're singing songs of, of trust and love still and faith and praise in the Lord uh, to songs of just deep sorrow uh, and, and, and repentance over sin against God to uh, devotion to the Word of God to psalms of pleading for rescue uh, from the Lord. They're stuck unless God intervenes to uh, psalms of just great thankfulness for God and his hand and his provision and so on and on and on and on we could go with all these different situations that the people find themselves in and, and the emotions and the scenarios that they reflect. But these are songs written, understand, by real people in, in real life circumstances. And so uh, they were often very deeply personal uh, songs in real life moments, moments that all of us can uh, probably relate to. And um, I know that we go through those moments of victory, we go through those moments of trial, we go through those moments of trust in the Lord, to really struggling in our faith, and, and what you see in the scriptures is just a lot of this emotionally, and yet in the middle of it, God is, is, is sovereignly ordaining and writing these, these scriptures through these, these people. And so um, I know for all of us, we probably have certain songs that we kind of relate with, you know, that really connect with, with something... Uh, in your, uh, in your own life. I know uh, I recently heard that Adele's song, uh, Someone Like You, has been deemed the, the breakup song of the year. Uh, they said it, it might be surpassing Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone, you know that song, and uh, as the, the, the breakup song of the millennium. And so, you know, you, you hear those, those lyrics, never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you too. It just makes me want to go back to high school and get dumped so I can cry with Adele or something, you know. Um, and I'm telling you, they're, they're great. When I was in high school, there was um, the Eye of the Tiger, you know the song. Uh, when I was in high school, before our, our matches, uh, we'd, we'd blast the Eye of the Tiger through the loudspeakers in the gym, and then we'd come running in, and we'd be all pumped up and ready, and 
we kind of thought it would intimidate the other guys, but little did we know it was probably pumping them up as well to beat us. Uh, but the eye of the tiger, the thrill of the fight, rising up to the challenge of our rival, right? You love that song, right? Here's the difference, <laughs> big difference. The, the difference here is that the Psalms, as Dan spoke to last week, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 will tell us that, that, that Scripture is, is breathed out by God. It is inspired by the Lord. And so these aren't just songs that, that fire us up through human thoughts and human words, but they are the, the very words of, of, of God penned through human instruments in real situations. And so though the eye of the tiger really fires me up, uh, it, it's not exactly theologically sound, right? Uh, the Psalms will, will, will speak to God's capability, despite my inability, right? And, and, and God's uh, capability, despite my sin and my, my failure and my shortcomings, time and time and time and time again. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 12, tells us that the Scriptures, even the Psalms here included in this, are, are living and they're active, and they're, they're sharper than any double-edged sword. And so the, the, the psalms, these songs are not just songs that are on the radio. These are songs that are transformative as we sing uh, these, these truths. And so they're, they're very, very powerful, and I, and I want us to latch onto them uh, together. They do so much more than just evoke emotion. They actually change us as they're living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. In, in our lives. And, and so God's word, when it's implanted in your heart or sung from your, your lips as it's resonating out of the scriptures through your life, those words actually can, can change us. And so if we're going to have any tune stuck in our head, let it not be Adele, but let it be a psalm. Let it be scripture. There's so many, uh, so many summer songs out there, right? The Beach Boys had that, that classic album, The Sounds of Summer. But I'm praying that for us, the sounds of this summer would be uh, the psalms. The psalms. Uh, we're not called to meditate day and night on the latest chart topper or your favorite artist out there. We're, we're called to meditate day and night on the, the law of the Lord. And, and, and so let's, let's begin to do that um, tonight even as we kick it off by looking at Psalm chapter 1. Listen, God calls us to meditate day and night, not because he's a killjoy, but, but because he's a blesser. God wants to, to bless us. He wants, you, uh, he wants you blessed. He desires good for you and blessing for you. And so let's, let's look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 uh, to start things off here and just see this. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. So God wants to, to bless you. He wants to bless you. And I don't know if we all at all, at all times fully and completely really agree with that. I mean, really, in the, in the deepest parts of who we are, do you really believe that God wants to bless you? That, 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 that God also wants to, to not just let it be some kind of mystery that you never find, but he actually wants to show you how to receive that, that blessing. It's not this, this treasure in some far-off land that you'll never find. You just want to kind of spend your whole life hoping you find it. But he tells us time and time and time and time again in Scripture, 
Here's where it's found. Verse 2, it's found in God's law. It's found in, in the scriptures. This is the third week in a row now as, as a church that we have spent Sunday looking at the importance of scripture in our lives. But I, I'm, I'm going to venture to guess that undoubtedly for some, our scripture intake, though we've been talking about it for the past three weeks, undoubtedly for some, the intake of scripture has, has gone unchanged. And, and I wonder why that is. I think the reason it, it is is because though God wants to bless us, we need to understand that Satan wants to keep us cursed. Do you understand that Satan wants to keep us cursed? He wants to keep us from intaking uh, these truths. And so ways that he will do that is he will cause us to feel too busy for God's word, too tired for God's word, too shamed to be with the, the, the Lord, too apathetic, like, eh, it doesn't really have any value in my life, or maybe even too, too blessed for God's word. In other words... Uh, what, what I would call a faux blessing. Uh, ironically, um, oftentimes we are, are too faux blessed. Or we think we're, we're blessed in an area, and so it, it keeps us from going to God's Word. When I was younger, I was in high school. Uh, many of you probably can relate with this. You remember the craze of getting Oakleys was such a big deal, and the classic Oakleys that everybody had. And so uh, what, what I did in some of my buddies' days, you could get the $20 cheap Oakleys, you know, the Folkleys. Uh, you could go to Chinatown, you could get you some Folklies, uh, and we knew we were buying fakes, right? And we were, we were totally okay with that. We looked cool, at least we thought we did, with our hair parted in the middle or whatever, we, our Folklies on. Uh, but every now and again, a, a, a kid would be like, hey man, I got some Oakleys this weekend, and they're real. And you'd be like, let me see those Oakleys, they're real? Let me see them. And you say, what's that line right there? What, what line? What are you t-? He said, I paid 50 bucks for these, you paid 20 for them, I paid 50 dollars. They're fake, right? And he got duped. He didn't, even, he didn't even know. And a lot of times, we get faux blessed. You know what I mean? We, 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 we have this artificial blessing. They're not real blessings. They're, they're counterfeits, and they, 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 they happen in our lives, and we don't even realize that, that we've been scammed. Here's what I mean. A lot of times, we can look at our lives, and we can say, I'm doing all right. And because we're doing all right, we don't have any great need as, as, as at least what we're aware of. We, we, we fail to go to the, to the Lord. And a lot of people, even outside the doors of this church tonight, look at the Lord and they say, well, that's for people who really need it, right? The, the scriptures are for those people who need it. It's convenient if you're going to get married. It's convenient uh, maybe to teach your kids, and that way your kids will you know, maybe be moral. Or It's for people who, who need it. It's, it's a crutch. But since I'm blessed, I'm all set, and we think we don't need it, and it's, it's, a, it's a faux blessing. It's... It's F-A-U-X. It's not, not a real uh, blessing. It's a false blessing, and it doesn't lead to eternal blessing. It's, it's not a real blessing at all. And so I'm afraid um, that many people uh, will, will fail to really see this as a treasure, will fail to see this as a, as a, as a source of great, great eternal blessing because we think we're, we're blessed, which is a tool of the enemy to distract us because we're too tired, which is a tool of the enemy because we're too busy, which is a tool of the enemy because we got better things to do, which is certainly false and a tool of, of the enemy. And so uh, the rest of, of, of the psalm um, that we look at tonight really kind of compares uh, the truly blessed man or woman of God, um, the one who heeds the words of God and meditates day and night on, on the words of God with the, the wicked, sinful scoffer, the one who rejects uh, the, the word of the Lord. And so 
Um, in these, these first three verses here of Psalm chapter 1, we, we get three, um, or a couple of characteristics of the blessed in these three verses. And the first one I, I just want us to see is this, that the blessed are not uh, influenced by the ungodly. Look at, look at verse 1 again. It says, He walks not in the way of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of, of scoffers. And, and, and so, um, the, the, the blessed person is not influenced by those who are ungodly. And I want us to understand who the ungodly are. We need to understand that the ungodly are, it doesn't matter how good they are, the ungodly is, is anybody who is apart from Christ. That's the ungodly. So the scriptures will say that there is no one righteous, no, not one. Scriptures also will tell us in Romans chapter 3, uh, 22, that the, the righteousness of God that we can have is the righteousness of God that, that depends on faith in Christ Jesus, right? And so we're all wicked, and we're all ungodly, and we're all sinful and apart from the Lord until we, by faith, trust in, in Christ alone. And so the blessed person is that person who's not influenced by the ungodly, that person who's not uh, influenced by the, the non-Christian, that that their, their, their truth in their life and the counsel that comes into their life is not the counsel that is shared out there mutually by the, the ungodly. That we are unique, that we are uh, set apart, different from the rest of the world, that, that we're not uh, influenced by the ungodly, but on the reverse, we're the influencers in the world. And so understand that this is a song, and so with songs there's strong poetic language. And so notice again in verse 1, the psalmist used, he, he uses these, these parallel um, kind of wordings here uh, that really build in intensity. Uh, the first, he says walks, and then he says stands, and then he says sits with, with the un, ungodly, the wicked, the sinful, the, the scoffers. So first what happens is you find yourself walking with, with the ungodly. You're, you're in the, the, the path with them. Then you find yourself no longer walking, but now you're standing with the ungodly, and you're standing still, and then finally he says, now you're actually sitting with the scoffers, and you yourself are one of them, and, 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 and mocking the, the, the Lord, and uh, I've seen this time and time again, maybe you can even think on relationships in your own life where you've just seen this proven true, where people move from walking with the wrong people to now standing with the wrong people, and it's like, this wasn't like a phase in life, they're actually wow, they're really there and they're really kind of stuck here. So now they're actually sitting uh, among them. They're walking in the wrong vein of, of, of bad counsel and influence. Now they've, they've stopped and they're really absorbing it and taking it in. Now they're sitting and they're, they're there. And so understand that according to the text here that the blessed man is the one who's not influenced by the ungodly, not influenced by those who are apart uh, from Christ. But I want us to understand this because I think we hear that and we're like, oh, yeah, of course, right? Of course, I don't want to be influenced by um, those who don't uh, believe the truths of the Scripture. But understand that we, it, it's not enough to just be uh, uninfluenced. We also have to be uh, influenced by an alternative source. We need to understand that you can't just say, well, I, I just won't, I won't go there. I won't be influenced by them. But we have to actually be influenced by an alternative source. And so the alternative source here. Uh, in, in verse 2, is it says that the blessed are influenced by the Scriptures, right? That the blessed are those who, who delight in the law of the, the Lord and on the law, the Scriptures. They meditate 
uh, day and night. And I love the fact that the psalmist actually includes day and night because what that kind of does is for those of us in the room who, who maybe you're doing uh, well in the scriptures and you actually have a, a consistent spiritual discipline of being in the scripture, what it does is it says you're not off the hook either. Because I, don't, I think we're all going to bed at night, right? I think we're, we're sleeping. And so he says day and, and night, right? That, that there's, there's room for growth in all of us, that we can really pursue the, the, the scriptures, right? We've all got room to grow. Now look at verse 3. This is the Christian meditating on the scripture. Look at verse 3. It says, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. And when you're, when you're deeply immersed in the scriptures, you're at a place where you're really delighting in, in the scriptures, and you're meditating on the scriptures. This is not humalamalama meditating. This is, it is on the front of your mind. You're, you're really bathing in the truths of, of the scriptures. You're really still before the Lord and just taking it in and studying it and, and really seeking in prayer to understand the scriptures. And it's on your mind often. Uh, you're meditating on the scriptures. It says that when you're there, you, you are like a, a tree that's planted by streams of water. One thing we'll notice as we go through the Psalms is that the Psalms are very earthy. Very earthy. The Israelites were primarily a nation of, of farmers and, and shepherds, and so they lived in the countryside. They were close to nature often, and so these, these uh, illustrations often really, uh, they latched onto them. They were also very, very much a, a militaristic kind of people, and so there's a lot of uh, psalms regarding victory and battle, and so they relate with these things, but they're very earthy. And so this, this image of being a tree planted by the streams of water really for them, they it really clicked. They got it. For us as Bostonians, we see a lot of pavement. I know uh, my, my new yard at my new place is like eight foot by four foot, and that was uh, pretty spacious. We were excited about that. Uh, but you, I'm telling you, you got to get to the Arboretum. It's a couple blocks behind me right now. Uh, it, at the Arboretum, it's just beautiful, first of all. And then there's this one spot that when I go with my boys, uh, we, we like to go there. It's kind of their favorite place. They just uh, Becky's mother bought them keen water shoes. Uh, you know, the little Keen sandals. And uh, so first of all, they think they're cool because they got these new kicks on that have a, a rubber toe that they can kick things. But we go down into this little little stream there, and, and, and they get to play around and get wet and whatnot. It is just a really cool spot, and it's, it's, it's for the whole Arboretum, it is kind of the most dense and lush piece of that, that park where the, the river goes. All these trees are, are right there with their roots going down up to the water's edge, and it is just, uh, it is really uh, a cool picture to kind of resonate here with the scriptures that, that God wants us blessed, and he wants us really uh, putting our roots down deep right beside him and, and thriving off of his word and rooted in the, the right source, and, and as a result of that, thriving and, 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 and prospering. But here's the danger for so many Christians. The danger for us is that, you know, we seek not to be influenced by the world, and we, we, we maybe really want to be an, an influencer. We really want to make uh, an impact. Uh, but if we're, we're, we're seeking to make an impact, and so we're among those as we should be, rubbing shoulders with those who don't know the Lord, and we're seeking to, to be influencers, but we have no source of, of feeding, what happens is we start to wither. But then what happens is out of desperation, because we're starting to wither, we have no source of of, of, of the Lord coming at us with his, his scripture and feeding us, where do we find that source? With those who are nearest to us, much like the tree who's by the streams. We start to draw from the, 
the, the wicked, the sinful, the scoffers, and we start to fill our minds with things that aren't true and things that are contrary to the truth of Scripture. And we find ourselves, even unintentionally, rooted in the wrong source. And so he says, be deliberate, be planted by streams of, of, of water. There's blessing there. There's blessing there. My, my father-in-law, he, he tells me this story from time to time about when he first came to Jesus and uh, how he says he was in his late 20s. He com- comes to Jesus. He owned a bar in Western Mass. Uh, he also was beginning uh, a, what would be a really successful uh, contracting company, building homes. He built all kinds of neighborhoods in Western Mass. And uh, he says when he first came to Jesus, he had this one guy just really pouring into him heavily. And, and this chapter of Scripture, Psalm 1 here, was that he said, one of the first things you need to do as a new Christian, I want you to memorize Psalm 1. Because he, he wanted him to know that, listen, you need to know where the source of blessing is. If you want to thrive in your faith, he says, I want you to know this truth. I want you to internalize this truth. I want you to meditate on, on, on this truth. And I'm so grateful. He's so grateful. Our family's so grateful. Those he's been impacted by are so grateful for that man who discipled him and said, you want to be grounded in the scripture. You want your roots uh, to be by the source uh, so that you can thrive. You can really thrive in the Lord. Notice that verse 3 says what? It says, all that he does, he prospers. All that he does, he, he prospers. Now, I know in our, in our country at least, and even in some other countries as well, uh, which is sad, but there's the gospel, false gospel being taught, and the prosperity gospel it's often been referred to as. We have this idea that, that if we're really following the Lord, the prosperity that we receive is is going to be a, a guarantee of, of monetary prosperity or health prosperity. The big problem with that is that Jesus had neither. And so was Jesus not a man of God? I think he was. Paul had neither. He, he was a strong man of God. And so this, this gospel is, is false. The scriptures, when it speaks to prosperity, is speaking not of these faux blessings, these, these blessings that can really distract us and make us feel as though we don't need the Lord. Um, the, the, the blessing that scripture speaks to is a blessing of being deeply rooted in the Lord, deeply connected to the Lord, deeply aware that this is not our home, that we will be with Him in riches and glory for all eternity. The Scripture will often uh, link uh, prosperity and itself. Scriptures and prosperity all the time in Scripture. So Psalm chapter 1-3 here, Joshua 1-8 uh, in, in, in the book of, of Joshua, 1 Kings chapter 2, 2 and 3. Often these, these passages will speak to the fact that deeply rooted to the Scripture, meditating on the Scripture means prosperity in the eyes of the Lord and success in the eyes of the Lord. I love verse 3. It says, all that he does, he, he prospers. Uh, this phrase is, is actually used several times in Genesis chapter 39 of uh, Joseph. I'm sure most of us know about Joseph. Joseph was uh, sold into slavery by uh, his jealous brothers into Egypt. And while in Egypt, he remained, uh, he remained faithful. He was waiting for, for uh, many, many years for God to, to show up and to bless and to prosper him. Uh, but he, he, remained, he remained faithful and God uh, did prosper him. And, and, and he had promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion as you read through uh, Genesis. It's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, but notice as you read through Genesis, what you'll find is that with every promotion of Joseph, is an opportunity to bless somebody. So Joseph's prospering 
didn't just stop with Joseph. So he was a man of God, and he, he, he connected deeply with the Lord, but every promotion, every blessing of, of Joseph that he received wasn't just to stop with, with Joseph. It led to an opportunity to bless somebody else. Ultimately, his, 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 his blessings led to paving the way for Moses, which led to the nation of Israel, which led to uh, Jesus himself so that he could now bless all of us. And it dated all the way back to Joseph being uh, faithful in all that he did. He, he prospered, Genesis 39 says. And I love that it's included here in, in, in the Psalms. So one thing that we need to see is that as we're being blessed in accordance with the, the Scriptures, that the blessings never stop with us. The blessings should never, never stop uh, with us. In Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to, to Abraham. He says, I will bless you so that, those two words are very important, I will bless you so that you will be uh, a blessing. So that you will be that tree planted by uh, streams of water so that you can just sit there and just look beautiful? No. So that you will be, look at it, so that you will be the stream, the, the tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit. That yields its, its fruit. And so we're, we're being blessed of the Lord and we're thriving in the Lord so that we can have fruit that will minister to other people. The, the tree doesn't really benefit from its own fruit. He doesn't eat its own fruit. Somebody comes along and is blessed by the fruit that the tree uh, yields. And so that's true for us too, that, that when we're really in the scriptures and when we're really uh, near to the Lord and we're like the tree uh, with roots going down to the water and we're thriving, guess what happens as, as default? Other people are blessed by that. And so if you're married, listen, you will be blessed personally by being in the scripture, but your spouse will be blessed Maybe just as much by you being in the scripture. If you're a parent, it's not just about you, you know. By you being in the scriptures, your children will be blessed. If you're an employee, and I think we all are, by you being in the scriptures, your coworkers are going to be blessed because you're going to be more apt to share the gospel, and they need it, whether they realize it or not. You're going to be apt to, to speak truth into their lives because you you have a a source it's not just your own opinion but it's something substantial it's the scriptures if you're a neighbor your neighbors will be blessed by you being rooted along the streams and so we need to understand that that it goes on and on and on that we are blessed so that we might be a, a blessing to other people and so we need to be the kind of people the kind of christians who are really planted by the streams of water so that we might yield fruit so that what we do prospers, not just so that we are prosperous, so that we prosper to serve other people. That's the beauty of the Christian faith, is that God gives us new life, and out of uh, a love for him and an appreciation for him and out of gratitude for that, we want to draw near to him and know him more and more and more, and that's our source of life. That's our source of sustenance. Matthew, Jesus says that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word of the Lord that comes out of his mouth. And so we are are thriving off of that. But then the beauty of the Christian faith is that, contrary to it seems like so many other things in Scripture, we're not just blessed for ourselves to build our own little empires, but we're blessed that we might be a blessing. And we all get to mutually bless each other. It's a beautiful thing that God has, uh, has done in this beautiful system that he has arranged. And so we're blessed that we might be a blessing, but it really stems with us um, meditating 
on the law of the Lord and day and night and being that tree along the streams. Now look at verses 4, 5, and 6, the second half. This is where I want to close tonight. There's some things in here that I think we need to hear. It says, The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so here's something that I think we need to hear. I think we need to hear verse 6. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Let me just say that to you again. The Lord knows. He knows the way of, of the righteous. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very comforted by that. And I can certainly think through seasons of my life where I felt so alone. So alone. And you know, I felt like I was the only one at certain times in my life uh, being rooted in the Lord and standing for, for Christ. You think of Joseph. Joseph was alone in, in Egypt. But I love, I love what my, my kid's storybook Bible says. Talks about Joseph and says, doesn't it seem like Joseph was alone when he was behind uh, the bars? It shows a picture of this cartoon Joseph behind the bars in, in, in prison. It says, doesn't it, doesn't it seem like Joseph was so alone? And it says, oh no, Joseph was not alone. The Lord was, was with him. I love this. The Lord knows. He knows the way of the, the righteous. And then the psalmist will, uh, he assures us that there is a plight of, of the wicked and it doesn't look good. He says they are like the, the chaff in the wind. If you know anything about what chaff is, it's for, for when those farmers were then uh, taking the, the, the grain for harvest and they would, they would get the grain out and the grain the good stuff would fall to the ground, but the chaff was the stuff that was light and not heavy and, and, and of real sustenance. It would just, it would blow away in, in the wind. And so uh, by trusting in Jesus, many of us will stand alone at times. Uh, but God, through the psalmist, he likes to remind us that, listen, you're not going to be blown away. You're not far from the Lord. He knows you're close to him. You are his harvest. He loves you. He wants you. You are, are his. Be comforted by that, that that he knows the way of the righteous. And, and I don't know if that's where you're at right now, maybe at, at your workplace. For some of you, maybe it's your home. Maybe it's the apartment you're going back to tonight. Uh, maybe it's your neighborhood. I don't know where you're at, but maybe it feels like I'm alone. I'm, I'm standing for the Lord alone in this. And, and God says, no, I, I know. I know the way of the righteous. I, I know uh, that you've trusted in Jesus. I know that you're seeking to live for him. I, I know it. I know it. And he, he says, those others will, uh, they will pass away. They will not stand in, in the judgment, uh, nor in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, they will perish. We derive no joy in that whatsoever. Uh, but he's saying, I see what you, you're doing. I see that you trust in Christ. I see that you're seeking to live for him. And so be, be comforted uh, by that. Such a powerful, powerful song. And and maybe for you, you, you resonate with it, and, and who knows, so many different ways, such depth in here. Uh, maybe you need to be reminded that God knows your faithfulness, and, and that you are His, and that you are the harvest that He's seeking. He loves you, He cares for you, He, he wants you. Um, maybe you need to be reminded that you need to plant yourself by the, the streams of water, so that you might thrive, and so that you might bear fruit, and you might bless other people. Are you meditating on 
God's word? Are you singing these songs in your heart and your mind throughout the course of the day, or as it says, day and night? We all have room to grow there. I think we all can be challenged there. Maybe we even need to hear from this and say, am I even a Christian? Maybe some of us are Christians, and maybe we need to realize we're, we're walking with the wicked. Maybe some of us are took the next step, and we're actually at a place where we're, we're not moving forward anymore. We're standing with the sinful. Maybe some of us are even at a place where we are sitting with the scoffers. And we need to be challenged by the, the scriptures that these are the wrong source. The wrong source. God is the right source. And we need to meditate on the scripture and hear from him and hear what he has for us and know these truths and really, really meditate on them day and night and let them change us and transform us so that we might prosper, not just here on the earth, but we might prosper uh, eternally. And so uh, tonight I'm sure we all have some kind of prayer we need to lift up to the Lord in response. And so I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. And so can we just take a minute and, and pray? And uh, I'll just give us some space, some silence, and let you pray to the Lord however you need to pray. And then I'll follow up in prayer. Maybe you need to you know, just thank God that he is with you and that he knows your faithfulness and he sees that you have placed faith in Christ and that you know that you have nothing to offer apart from Christ. You're trusting in him. You are his. Maybe you just need to um, confess to him that you're, you're seeking the wrong sources. Maybe you need to, to ask him to help you to grow in, in, in your time in scripture. You want to take his word more seriously. But I'll let you talk to God. And uh, then I'll close this in prayer. Father, I I pray for uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in the room, and I pray for those who who maybe don't know you, haven't trusted in you. Lord, would you stir our hearts? God, may we really be a people who who don't just say, yeah, the, the scriptures are good, we believe them, but may we so believe them that we really, we're really in them and we're really seeking uh, to grow in them and to know you through them and to live in accordance of them. Lord, help us in this. God, we thank you that it is a gift that we have been given. You haven't left us alone. Uh, you have revealed yourself to us in the person of Jesus and in your scriptures. And we thank you. God, I pray for those in this room tonight who, who have something to turn from, something to repent from. May they turn from that and turn to you, the source. I pray for those who need to, to really step it up and get into your scriptures. That they might draw near to you and you to them. And Lord, I I also pray for those who maybe don't know you, never place faith in Jesus and receive that righteousness that comes through faith in Christ Jesus. And may they turn to you and say, you did what I couldn't do. I trust in you and your righteousness and your uh, payment on the cross for my sin. And I want to turn from my sin and I want to turn to you, Jesus, and follow you. May you prompt their hearts so that they might say yes to you. But Lord, do your work in our hearts tonight, Father. May we respond in song. Lord, may we respond throughout the course of our our week with lives that really reflect 
genuine repentance, fruit fit for repentance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.